Don't you just love uh, worshipping? And, and even though we're not in the same room together, it's not quite the same. It is still beautiful, isn't it, to take that time just to enjoy God with one another. Got a little um, trivia question for you. Uh, I want you to, to see if you can finish this sentence, see if you know the answer to this little um, this little phrase I'm about to give you. And what I want you to do is I want you to put the answer in the comments, okay? So I want you to, to write the answer. Now, if you're not sure what the answer actually is, just make up something. Be creative, all right? So you're ready? So there's a lady who's sure all that glitters is gold and she's buying what? What is she buying? Just pop the answer in the comments. You know, is she buying a pair of high heels? Is she buying a new handbag, a new boat, a new Ferrari? Whatever it is. There's a lady who's sure or that glitters is gold and she's buying a what? All right. So I'm just going to give a few moments now. Pete's going to play a bit of elevator music for us uh, while the, the, the live stream catches up with you guys in the real world. Okay, so I'm going to give you a few minutes. I want you to have a go at putting an answer. There's a lady who's sure that all glitters is gold and she's buying a what? All right. Thanks, Pete. Just uh, play away nicely there for us and I'll just, I don't know, stand here and wait for the, wait for the uh, things to come in or something. Okay, look, um, I can see a few people there are making a couple of comments. Um, I can also see there's, there's something that's been created here behind us. It's like a bit of a, I don't know, a tower or maybe a, a stairway. Peter, tell us, do you know the answer? Uh, there's a lady who's sure all that glitters is gold. And, and what's the answer, Pete? Stairway to heaven. 
Uh, and she's buying a stairway to heaven. Um, there were possibly a few clever people who picked the song that Pete was uh, playing there. Um, there's a lady who's sure all that glitters is gold and she's buying a stairway to heaven. What's that got to do with the Bible? Well, we're going to find out. Whatever you think that song's about, and, and it's from the, the 1970s, I believe. Is that right, Pete, from the 1970s? Uh, Led Zeppelin, is that right? Led Zeppelin, there you go. So look, whatever you think that song is about, and, and believe me, I've Googled trying to figure out what on earth that song is about, and I'm still actually not 100% sure. All right, Pete doesn't think Led Zeppelin knows either what it was about. But I think if you were to take that first line at face value, um, it seems to be a song about someone who thinks that they are in complete control of their life and their destiny. Uh, someone who thinks that with enough money or talent or skill or hard work or even goodness, um, that, that they can do anything, that they can even obtain their own direct stairway to heaven. And I think, I think this is kind of our society. I don't know about you, but I, I think this describes our society. We, we, we tend to think that with enough money, with enough skill, with enough hard work, with enough um, inclusiveness, anti-discrimination, we can all live the good life. Many in our society believe that you can, you can um, buy a stairway to heaven. Um, you can buy your way there with good deeds, with your morality, with your spirituality. Uh, that the things you do for others and the things you do for God kind of are effectively buying you that stairway into heaven. I think, like, if we were honest and if we, we took a moment to reflect, I, I think we all think a bit like that sometimes. I mean, I know I do, um, at least. I, I'm tempted to think that it's my, my skill and ability that's going to see great things happen. Um, you know, all the stuff you do, all the family stuff, all the work stuff, all the God stuff even, it, it is good. It is good. But it's never going to buy you a stairway to heaven or truly get you the good life that you want. And as we continue to look through the book of Genesis, we're going to continue to see people trying to get the good life apart from God. And today we're at the story of Jacob. And I tell you what, he is the classic example of this. He tricks, he lies, he schemes, he, he literally wrestles God. And, and he works so hard to get blessing and to get abundance and to get provision and, and all the things that his heart wants to get, you know, a sense of security for himself. But the irony is, the irony is that he, he's trying to earn by effort. What God is freely giving him by favour, he's trying to buy a stairway to heaven. I wonder whether Jacob's story might also be your story, um, might also be my story, might also be our story. You know, God has a solution for each one of us who thinks that we need to um, earn the good life. 
He has a plan to reverse the curse. And if you're not sure what I mean by this idea of reversing the curse, I want you to, after this, uh, after this service, I want you to head over to our website, csecoolerman.org, jump on our podcast and listen to the Genesis episode on which seed. And that'll tell you all about the curse. All right. It's a good episode. Have a listen. It'll sort of fill in some of these gaps for you today. Which seed is the, is the name of the, the podcast. Um, so, so God has a plan to reverse the curse. But, but more than that, um, he has a plan to build on your behalf for you, for you, a stairway to heaven. You don't need to buy it. You don't need to earn it. And you certainly don't need glitter. You don't need gold. You don't need any of that. In fact, you know what? You can't buy it or build it. You, you can't because it's, it's impossible. And you know what? You're just not that clever. Um, God says, I am going to do it. I am going to build you a stairway to heaven. So let's have a little look at a story from Jacob's life. If you've got your Bibles there, I encourage you to open up to Genesis chapter 28. Genesis chapter 28. And we're going to read, I'm going to get Hillary to help me out again because um, we just love seeing Hillary. She's, um, she's just awesome value, isn't she? Um, she stops me being too serious. I've got a natural sort of serious streak in my personality, but, but Hillary sort of lightens me up a bit. So, so this is not too heavy for us today. But Genesis chapter 28. Verses 10 through to 22. So come on in here, Hillary. We'll mic you up there somehow. Thank you to our little roadie over there. He's doing an excellent job. Hey, we should pay him more, shouldn't we? <laughs> uh, we should pay everyone. No, we don't pay anyone. We're all volunteers. We love serving God, don't we? Um, all right, let me just find my little copy of this too. Here we go. All right. So thanks, uh, thanks, Hillary. There. So we're going to read there Genesis twenty-eight, verses ten to twenty-two. And you know, um, I'll make a few comments <laughs> as we go along. All right. <laughs> so Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Okay. So, so you know what jumps out at me straight away there? Certain place. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Yeah. He's just like, la, 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 la. It's like, oh, here's a certain place. <laughs> Completely <laughs> random, isn't it? You know, it's just like, you know, and, and what I love about this is, is Jacob's not looking to get a spiritual experience here, is he? He's just going about his business, going about life, you know. Um, nothing special about this particular place. It's just a certain place, <laughs> okay, and he just stops there. Keep reading, Hillary. <clears throat> Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. Now, uh, have you ever been camping? Yes. Yes, yes I have. And what was your pillow of choice whilst camping? Uh, duck down. Camping and you don't think, okay, a rock. Well, what if you had no gear? What if you had that, didn't have that down pillow? What are you going to use? Are you heading for a rock or are you heading for something else? Leaves. Leaves. Grass. Grass. I know someone Jumper. who likes to like dig holes so that he's hip and stuff. He kind of like builds for himself this little mattress thing by digging holes. <laughs> yeah, I know that person well. Uh, thankfully, I've never really had to go camping that way with that person. Um, we, we sort of do the duck down side kind of camping. Yeah. All right. Keep going there. Uh, verse 12. 
He had a dream in which he, saw, in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. All right, so um, did you just notice that little key word there, stairway? That's interesting, a stairway. He's had a dream about a stairway to heaven. I don't know, what do you make of that dream? Like is this just the weird sort of dream you have when you're sleeping on a rock? Sounds like a rock kind of dream. Sounds, sounds like a rock kind of dream. I'm actually wondering, like, were there some cool guitar riffs <laughs> playing in his dream? You know, like, I mean, he's, he's sleeping on a rock, so maybe there was, like, <laughs> rock music in the dream. Yeah? What do you reckon? Maybe. Yeah? I'm getting a few smiles from the crowd here. <laughs> Put a little laughy emoji in, in the comments just to encourage me, please. Like I'm new at this stand-up <laughs> comedy gig, you know. All right. Um, so there's a stairway to heaven and um, okay. And, and look, there's, there's angels in the stream too. What are the angels doing in the stream? They're ascending and descending. All right. They're, they're big words, Hillary. I have to think back to maths class to remember what ascending and descending means. It means up and down, right? Right. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. They're going up and down this, um, this stairway. Okay, keep reading. There above it stood the Lord and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father, Abraham, and the God of Isaac. All right, so who's standing at the top of the stairway? Oh, it, I know this one. You know, it's not, is, is it Led Zeppelin? It's Led, no, it's God. It's God, all right. So it's not, it's not, not Led Zeppelin, not the lady who thinks all that glitters is gold. It is God, far more profound, I think, than <laughs> those other two characters. All right, so we've got God at the top of the stairway. It's God, creator God. Um, and what I love about this is he is personally revealing himself to Jacob. So he's been the God of Jacob's ancestors, the God of Jacob's father, and, uh, um, and now he's there revealing himself personally to Jacob. It's an important thing to kind of take note of. Thanks, Hillary. Keep going. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth and you will spread out to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. Know that I am with you and I will keep you wherever you go and I will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Mm, yeah, they're beautiful words, How don't they you think? Words, yeah. yeah, I think they're significant. And, and, and they're the words where God promises to reverse the curse. Remember I mentioned that before, that he promises to reverse the curse. And that's the promise he's making to do that. And, and he's promising that, that through Jacob's family line, a descendant will come who will um, uh, reverse that curse permanently and, and bring all of humanity back into an encounter with God in, um, in, God, in the garden, basically, in God's presence and, and um, in his provision and in his blessing too. And so God here is confirming that promise to Jacob. It's awesome stuff. Love it. <laughs> Keep going, thanks. Then Jacob woke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it. Okay, so um, that strikes me as a rather profound thing to say, don't you think? <laughs> Um, um, I, I've never, I can't say I've ever really woken up in the middle of the night and gone, surely the Lord is in this place. I, I pretty much, maybe I'll wake up and say, I've been drooling on my pillow or something <laughs> like that, but, but never surely the Lord is, is, is in, in this place. And I, I wonder, Hilary, have you ever had a, a, an experience where it's just been so normal and everyday part of your life, but, but you've encountered God in that 
normalcy. Have you ever had that experience? Oh, well, oh, funny you should ask, Annette, because, in fact, a very, very ordinary day. I was in a job I, I couldn't stand um, in a culture that was not healthy and uh, working for a big supermarket company. I won't mention the name, but um, I was working in the bakery section out the back and it's dark, you don't see anyone, you just do your job. And um, I remember uh, just, um, I, I don't know, I, I think I might have had a, a song in my head, like a, a worship song or something, and, you know, no one was around, so I, you know, hummed it or something. But I, I remember a really significant, at that moment, I got quite warm and it, it felt like I was under uh, spotlights or something, not that there was, it, the room lit up or anything, but I just felt quite warm and I remember f- feeling like, oh, my goodness, God sees me and he's right here next to me and he's, uh, mm. I just got a really profound feeling that God was really right here, yeah. right here, right now yeah. in this very moment in the back of Coles in a dark, dingy corner, oh. packing bread. Wow, that's <laughs> good. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. It was pretty, um, you know, for such an ordinary moment, I yeah. remember it uh, very well. So, yeah, yeah that's, that's good, impact. isn't it? You know, God's not just in the those sort of places we imagine are um, sacred somehow. He, he's with us in the everyday, ordinary parts of life, and that's just such a great testimony there, Hilary. Um, do you want to keep reading there for us? Yeah, Verse sure. 17. And he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. Yeah. Um, hmm. If I was just like, if I was to say to Hillary, like, this is the house of God, like God's here, w- would you think I was eating my coffee? You're right. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. Um, but, you know, this is the God who's come near to Jacob, and, it, and it's a really personal um, encounter there for him. All right, thanks, Hillary. Keep going there. So Jacob rose early in the morning and he took the stone that he had put under his head and set it up for a pillar and poured oil on top of it. He called that place Bethel, but the name of the city was Luz at the first. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God, and this stone which I have set up for a pillar shall be God's house. And all, and of all that you give me, I will surely give one-tenth back to you. Hmm, okay. Um, beautiful words there. Until we get a bit about, like, giving our stuff to God. Like, are you saying this guy is so grateful for God's protection and provision and for everything he's provided that this guy's actually willing to hand back a tenth of everything God's given him? Is that, what, is that what you're saying? Like this guy's going to hand over his stuff to God? Yeah, yeah, looks looks like it. Look, if he's willing to give his pillow, his <laughs> pillow to God, then maybe a tenth isn't such a big ask. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I guess when your equipment is a, a rock, I suppose. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's crazy, surely. Like only crazy people or people with lots of money give their money and stuff to God, right? Yeah. Yeah. Surely. Surely only crazy people would crazy. do that. I mean, why would you? Why would you give, like out of everything God gives you, why would you give some of it back to God? I don't know. Mysterious, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, this isn't a sermon about tithing or giving, so we'll, we'll leave it there. But interesting to note, isn't it? Interesting to note. Thank you, Hillary. Why don't you give her a virtual um, 
round of applause there. Round of, oh, or, or a real one. You stir it up in the shower and you're just like, yeah, scripture. And it feels a bit like that anyway. Um, all right, so, so we've had a look at Genesis 28 there. Uh, what I want to do is show you two ways now that we see Jesus, okay, two ways that we see Jesus. Um, and I want to draw a lesson for us in that. And then we're going to have a look at, well, what should we do? What should our response be to all of this? Okay, so where do we see Jesus? If you were to flick over to John chapter 1, verse 43 to 51, and we're just going to have part of that scripture put up in a moment. So um, I'm just going to recap a little bit of that, all right? So uh, it's in the New Testament and we've got these characters, Philip, and he's coming to Nathaniel and he's saying, guess what, Nathaniel? We found the Messiah, we found the, the descendant, this saviour that we've all been waiting for. And, and Nathaniel's a, a little bit of a sceptical guy um, uh, and he says, you know, can anything good come out of Ganmain? I mean, I, I mean, hang on, Nazareth, sorry, sorry, good things come out of Ganmain. <laughs> yeah, um, Nazareth. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And so uh, he has this conversation, this dialogue with Jesus, and Jesus says, hey, you know what? I saw you under a fig tree earlier. And Nathaniel's pretty impressed with that little word of knowledge right there that uh, Jesus has given. And he says, wow, you really are the son of God. And uh, Jesus says this, reading from verse 50 now, Jesus answered, and it'll pop up there on the screen for us. Do you believe uh, because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Now, I probably don't have to point out to you, this is a reference to Jacob's dream, isn't it? We've got angels. We've got an open heaven and they're ascending and descending up and down between heaven and earth. The stairway, though, what's, who or what is the stairway in this little scenario that Jesus is describing? The stairway, of course, is the Son of Man. It's himself. It's Jesus. Uh, Jesus is the stairway there in that, in that little reference. So what does he mean by this? What does he mean to say that the angels will be ascending and descending on him between heaven and earth? Well, he's basically saying, I am the ladder between heaven and earth. If you want to access heaven and if you want to access God's presence and if you want to access God's provision, you have to go through me. You need Jesus. He's, um, he's kind of like your access code or your swipe card. Um, maybe at your workplace, you've got one of those little swipey access cards that, that get you through locked doors. I was with someone recently and uh, we were at the, the Wagga Hospital and this person had one of those magic little swipey cards and, uh, and I, with her, could get into all sorts of places in that hospital that I never dreamed even existed. Like it opened every door. It even made like the lift go to a special floor and kind of like open behind us into this like whole secret world of corridors and, and extra people. And I felt a little bit like, um, I 
felt a little bit like Charlie in that great glass elevator kind of scenario where it's kind of going through the chocolate factory and you don't know where it's going to land and which door's going to open. And, and um, there were even, oh gosh, there were even like there's this lunchroom and it kind of had like a lot of little oompa loompas sitting in there eating their lunch. It was magnificent and all these desks with more little oompa loompas working away. Um, anyway, um, the point is this, this access card got me into places I couldn't get on my own. All right. And Jesus is like that access card. He's your swipe card. Um, he's your stairway to heaven. Not your good deeds. Let's get that straight. Your good deeds are not bigotly. Okay. Jesus. Jesus is your access to heaven. Now, it doesn't mean that those things aren't important, does it? But they're your response to his favor. They're not your means to get his favour. They're, they're like, they're your output rather than the input. Do you, do you get where I'm following? Just give me a thumbs up there in the comments or something if you, if you get what I'm saying here. Now, there's another reference in this Genesis passage to Jesus. You ready? Don't you just love how we can see Jesus right back there in the beginning, that Jesus was part of God's plan from the beginning. It wasn't just sort of an oops add-on um, thousands of years later, that right from the beginning God had this plan and it included Jesus. So if we have a look at, um, all right, yes. Yeah, so in Genesis 28, verse 17, uh, remember Jacob said uh, that he was afraid. All right, and he said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God and the gate, the gate of heaven. Um, the gate of heaven obviously is the, the way to access heaven, isn't it? That's what a gate is. You sort of got to go through a gate to get somewhere, don't you? So the gate of heaven, the way to access heaven, the way, the way to access God's presence now, if we were to flip over to the New Testament, we see in John chapter 10, Jesus here is using a, a metaphor of sheep trying to enter what we'll just call a paddock, just for, for ease of metaphor here. And, and they're entering a paddock to, and, he, and he uses this metaphor to refer to people who are entering God's kingdom or God's house or, or heaven, okay? And what he's saying is they, they must go through the gate to be legitimate sheep. All right, only legitimate sheep go through the gate. Um, uh, th people who go like over the fence or in some other way, they're not legitimate sheep. They're thieves or they're robbers, okay? Only legitimate sheep go through the gate. And uh, if we read there verse 7, John 10 verse 7, so Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. So there you have it right there. When, when Jacob's talking about the gate into God's presence, the gate into heaven, here Jesus is very clearly saying, you know what, folks? I am that gate. Okay, I am the gate into God's presence. I am the gate into heaven. So what's the lesson for us in this? Now, I know um, 
Look, I know people often get offended when they hear Christians say that Jesus is the only legitimate way to access heaven. And I know people think it's very intolerant of us and not very inclusive of us to, to think like that, that it's a, a discriminatory or something. Um, because it is frustrating, isn't it? And it is quite humbling to hear that you're not good enough or the things that you think are good enough to get you into heaven and get you into God's presence aren't actually going to work. Um, I, what can I say? This is what the Bible says. I, I can't teach something that sounds more pleasant um, when this is what the Bible says. And, and to be honest, I'd far rather it this way than me having to, to earn my way in. Um, you know, you just cannot get access to God, all the good life, all the good life by earning it. And God is freely giving it by favour. I mean, you'd be nuts to try and earn what someone's offering freely, wouldn't you? You know, when I look at the, the hectic pace we set for ourselves, when I look at our, our work, our family activities, when I look at our social activities, when I look at the, the overwhelming desire we seem to have to, to get good grades, to um, get that high-paying job, I think, you know what, you, you might not be trying to buy or build a stairway to heaven, but I reckon you're trying to buy or build a stairway to the good life. Um, and you know what, it's slowly killing you, folks. I don't know if you've, you've realised that yet, but it is slowly killing you. All right. Um, I should know. Like I, I've, I've fallen into that trap. I've been there. I've done that. And, and I think many of us, if we're honest, would say that we've fallen into that trap too. What's the saying? Um, if the devil can't get you bad, he'll get you busy. Has anyone heard that saying? Yeah. If the devil can't get you bad, he'll get you busy. I think there's a bit of profound truth in that saying. When I see the stress that we're all under, you know, trying to do more, earn more, gain more. And that includes pastors. I include myself in that. I think, you know, we're trying to earn by favour, trying to earn by effort what God is freely giving by favour. Our, our world, it's experiencing a pandemic, folks. It really is. And, and I don't just mean of the viral kind. I, I mean a pandemic of the mental health kind. I mean a pandemic of the stress kind. I mean, a pandemic of the broken relationship kind. We're too busy. We're too tired. We're too selfish to see anything beyond the stairway we are trying to build for ourselves. And we build stairways and we think they're going to bring us contentment. And we think they're going to bring us security and, and honour and privilege somehow. You know, we build stairways that we think are, are going to meet our needs and achieve our goals. Do you think it's working? You know, I think, I think in reality, we're really just building a Tower of Babel. And if you don't know what I mean by Tower of Babel, Genesis 11, look it up. We need to stop. We need to stop and remind ourselves that Jesus is our stairway to heaven. This access to heaven means that we live with God. And I don't just mean later on when our, our physical body dies. I, I mean now and eternally too, forever. 
When you live with God, just like Adam and Eve lived with God in the Garden of Eden, you get your needs met. God provides for you. But the focus then changes from us to God. And our actions then become a response to him. And, and that's, that's healthy. That's how it should be. They become an outcome of his provision rather than an attempt to get the good life for ourselves. So with all this in mind, what's our response? What should we do? Jacob had this profound encounter, didn't he? Let's have a think. What was Jacob's response? Let me just read, read to you again there from uh, Genesis 28, just picking up there in verse 16. Jacob woke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. And, um, you know, what was Jacob's response there? If you keep on reading there in the following verses, you'll see that Jacob's response is to make an altar all right, to God. He makes an altar to God and then he makes a vow and he states his commitment and he states his allegiance to God. He says, the Lord will be my God. I will be faithful and committed to you alone as God. I want to ask you now, have you declared that? Like, have you said, the Lord will be my God? Have you pledged your allegiance to him? Have you said, I will worship you as God, as King, as Lord? Have you said that? Have you made that commitment? You know, when you encounter God in all his glory and in all his power, the the only real response is awe and reverence. The only real response is to bow your body and your life before him. You know, I remember the first time I encountered God's, God's glory, God's awesome presence. It was actually when I was in year 10 and um, it was in a church service and me and a group of other young people were out the front. It's always a bit interesting when you have one of these God encounters out the front of everyone. But anyway, and we were performing a song. And I still remember the song and maybe you know this song. Um, we were singing, you know, Lord, I come to you. Let my heart be changed, renewed, flowing from the grace that I found in you. Lord, I've come to know the weaknesses I see will be stripped away by the power of your love. And, you know, as the song progressed, I just, I just started experiencing God in all his, his power. And I remember as we got to the line that said, and I will rise up like an eagle and I will soar with you. Your spirit leads me on in the power of your love. I was just overcome with the presence of God. And, and you know what? Um, I was a bit like Jacob. I was kind of afraid and uncertain and, and overwhelmed. And I, I kind of didn't know what to do because this was such a, a new encounter. I, I didn't know what was happening, but I did know that surely the Lord was in that place. And then I've, of course, I've, I've gone on and I've committed my life to him. And, and there have been numerous occasions, numerous occasions ever since when I experience the power of God's presence. And I say, undeniably, the Lord is in 
this place? Have you experienced that? Have you had that sort of encounter with the living God? I know, yes, God is omnipresent. I know he's everywhere all the time. I know he lives in Christians by his spirit. I know he doesn't come and, and, and sort of go. But you know what? Sometimes, sometimes the presence of heaven is just made so tangible and so real and so obvious. The only real response to God's presence is to worship him. It's to commit your life to serving him. Have you done that? You know, will you do that? Take a moment now. Do it right now if you haven't done it. And, you know, this is more than just saying, yeah, I believe in you. This is committing your life to worshipping him and to serving him with all that you are. If you haven't yet done that, I encourage you, do that now. Say, Lord, I commit my life to you. You are the Lord. Surely you are in this place. Surely you are calling me. And I say yes to you this afternoon. Once we've committed our life to him, what next? What next? What should we do? What should our daily life look like? I want to tell you this. This is key. There's a difference between buying or building that stairway to heaven and accessing or using the stairway that's provided. Okay, you get the difference there. There's a difference between buying or building a stairway and accessing or using one that's provided. Like I, I don't have um, any building or engineering skills at all. You know, I had to even ask help from my husband to like put this pillow slip protector thing back on my pillow recently because I couldn't figure out which way the thing went on and how it fit because it's a special pillow. I have zero engineering and building skills, okay? Um, but I know, so I couldn't, I couldn't build a, a staircase if you asked me. There's no way I could do it. Maybe, maybe with Lego, like back here, but, but, but nothing else. All right. Um, so I can't build a stairway, but I sure, I sure know how to walk up one and down one too. All right. So there's a difference between building and using. And so what I want to say to us today is your life as a Christian, it must include, it must include walking up and down that stairway. And um, maybe I'm getting a bit carried away with the metaphors here. The metaphors are fun, aren't they? Like hands up. Who loves metaphors? Awesome. Hey, two people have put that. Three. Awesome. This is almost the whole room have said that. You are my people. You really are. You are my people. Metaphors are fun, aren't they? So we're just going to keep using this metaphor. We are going to stretch it for all it's worth, okay? Because, you know, that's what Jesus would do. Jesus liked metaphors and parables, didn't he? Yeah. Yep. All right, we're just going to do what Jesus would do. All right, so let's keep going with this metaphor. When we used to live in Leeton, all right, we had a house. And in this house, there were stairs because we had a second story in our house. All right. Um, and, and so, um, uh, by the way, shout out to anyone who's viewing this from Leeton, either live stream or on the recording. I love Leeton. Gosh, I miss that town. Hello if you're, you're viewing from Leeton. Um, but, but in this house with stairs, we had a parents' retreat upstairs. Gosh, it was peaceful up there. Gosh, it was nice up there, you know. Like the kids tended not to go up there because we had like a kiddie gate so they couldn't get up, you know. Um, 
yeah, it didn't take us long with number one being a toddler for us to figure out we needed a kitty gate on those stairs. Anyway, so we had a kitty. So the kids couldn't really get up. So it was quiet up there. It was peaceful up there. You know, our bed was up there. So like we slept up there and it had this amazing view. Like we just got this whole new perspective on the town of Leeton up there. And in the mornings, um, it faced east. So you would just see the most magnificent sunrises. It was just so, so beautiful upstairs. Um, Yeah, and so, you know, part of our living would happen upstairs in that retreat. You know, we'd um, sleep there, as I said. We'd get dressed there. Our clothes were kept there, all right? Um, And the thing about having stairs in your house is you seem to be constantly going up and down the stairs, you know, ascending and descending those stairs, bringing things up, taking things down, bringing things up, taking things down. Um, But sometimes I would just go upstairs and I would just sit there for an extended period of time. I had a really comfy chair and I would just sit there and I would just enjoy being upstairs. And I would, um, I would, recharge there. So this space was both to to rest and recharge, but it was also a functional space. It's where we slept and, and got dressed as well. Okay. So here's what I want to say to you. Now that you are in the house of God, he has renovated your life and he has put a second story on your life and you need to use the stairs to access that second story. Okay. You need to spend time upstairs with God in his presence. You know, and it's through Jesus, isn't it? It's through Jesus that we we have those stairs. It's through Jesus that you have access into the very throne room of God's presence, into the holy of holies. Come on, church, you have access. Use it. Don't ignore the stairs. You have a seat in heavenly places, a special seat where you can sit and recharge and refresh and get a whole new perspective on life. You are going to see your world and your situation and your problems from a whole new perspective when you are upstairs. Use the staircase to access it. And you know what? I'm not saying by by your sort of, you know, um, might and effort, try and kind of like climb the rungs of spiritual greatness, like some sort of, I don't know, spiritual ninja or something. Um, <laughs> our cat has recently decided that she's kind of like got some ninja genes, you know, and she's decided that she can kind of like by might and effort kind of literally climb a wall to get up on a windowsill. It's quite an amazing feat to watch. Don't be like the cat. You don't need to have ninja skills to climb this ladder. Just walk up it. Walk up the stairway he has given you. Spend time in God's presence. You know, he's provided you access to church. Walk up it. Walk up that stairway all the time, not just sometimes, because that's where you are going to recharge yourself. Jesus is the access to the second story. You know, time upstairs, it, it, what does it look like? You know, it's, it's where you rest and it's where you get dressed, okay? So time upstairs in God's presence, it's where you rest and it's where you get dressed. Ephesians 4, 24, we are to clothe ourselves with the new self, created according to the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Spend time in his presence renewing your mind, renewing the way you think, recharging yourself in his loving presence, 
All right. So this is all that you need to put routines in place. This is not going to happen if I just tell you to do it. This is only going to happen if tonight or tomorrow morning, you put some routines in your life to see that this stuff is part of your everyday life. It's, it's about clearing enough of your, your other preoccupations in life so that you have time to go upstairs. And, and what this looks like upstairs in practice, it, it looks like engaging with your Bible. Do you know that, that if you engage with the Bible four times per week or more, and by that I mean reading it on your own, hearing it preached on a Sunday, being part of a Tuesday growth group, whatever it is, um, do you know that if you do that four times a week or more, um, you'll be less lonely? you'll be less bitter, you'll be less likely to engage in, you know, pornography and all sorts of other things. Go and have a look on our website. I've got some really interesting information there that's a link and a, a link to a study about this. Um, head over to our website, go to the, I think it's in the resources section, you'll find that. But it's powerful. Engaging with your Bible four times a week or more will change your life, okay? It looks like time spent with other Christians. I've mentioned the Tuesday growth group there. It looks like putting in place some of those spiritual routines that the Christians have been doing for thousands of years, you know, worship, silence, solitude, fasting, prayer, all of those things. That's, that's how you spend time upstairs. You know, when you've got access to all that, why, why complain? Like why stress? Why worry? Just, just head up the stairs when you need to. It's, it's easy. Just do it. Don't, don't, don't stay in a, in, a, in a heap at the bottom of the stairs saying, oh, woe is me. I mean, I know. I know life is tough. I, I, I talk to you. I understand. It is hard. It is all-encompassing. It is difficult. But that is all the more reason why you've got to get up those stairs and spend some time in the presence of God. You need to. The last thing I want to say is, is don't, just, don't just keep the good stuff upstairs for yourself. Carry some of it down the stairs and give it away to others. You know, you can bring the presence of God, the atmosphere of heaven into your daily sphere of influence here on earth. You know, and that means the love of God. That means his healing power. That means bringing freedom from spiritual oppression, from spiritual blindness. You know, you can access all all that God is, is, is and bring his will and his rule and his reign into the world. You know, you know the, the Lord's Prayer, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You can be part of that. Bring what you access upstairs, downstairs, into your daily sphere of influence. You know, because as a believer, if you don't do it, how is it going to happen? You know, he's called you. He's called us, church, as his very own people. You know, we are a chosen people. We are a royal priesthood. We are a holy nation. We are God's special possession that we may declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness and into his wonderful light. We're the light of the light on the hill. We are the salt of the earth. Bring heaven into this world, church. Come on, show people that stairway to heaven. Introduce them to Jesus so that they can access it for themselves. You know, this is a team thing. This is why you're part of a local church. We do this together. You know, this is a difficult season for the church, isn't it? But it doesn't change our mission. It doesn't need to change our passion for Jesus or our passion for the gospel. It doesn't change our access to God. As a church, let's, let's pull together and let's do this.
Let's pray. Oh, Lord God, we just love being in your presence. We just love being upstairs with you. We're just so grateful that you gave us freely, Jesus, so that we can access your presence, your provision, your faithfulness and your love for us. So I just thank you for that. Lord, would you just challenge us to spend time upstairs with you? Challenge us to to work that into our daily routine so that it happens, so that's just a part of our daily life. Challenge us, Lord. I invite you, challenge me. Challenge me to spend more time upstairs with you, Lord. I want to do that because I know that when I do that, I just feel better, I think better, I love better, I give better. So would you do that for me, Lord? For those who are listening to this on the live stream or the recording, would you do that for them too, Lord? And Lord, as a church, would you just bind us together and would we just have a common common ministry, a common purpose, a common desire to just introduce people to the stairway of heaven, introduce people to Jesus. We pray this in your son's name. Amen.